Hello and welcome to a brand new episode brought to you on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. If you want to see more shows, eh, check out foureyedradio.com, eh? Sorry about that. Last time on Ranger Command Power Hour. You're back. I am back. Back, in action. back to action, as Austin St. John says. As Austin St. John says. And I'm like, cool, I'll get this little four-inch action figure. I'll just stick it on my desk. No, this huge 31-inch Power Ranger comes in the mail. And I'm like, okay, I did not want this. Gosh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Darn it. Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, let's just leave it there. Kelsey. Okay. Kelsey. We should basically just join Lightspeed Rescue. Let's we already did. We already did. Oh, oh yeah, we did. Okay. That, that's <laughs> nice. um, <laughs> I'd love to tell everybody on the podcast that story in case they uh, in case they're familiar. Maybe not right now, but... Soon. 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 You're trying to stump me here, aren't you? <laughs> it's Stump the Secret Ranger fan. Oh, gosh. Worst game ever. <laughs> um... They're it's awesome. Like they're all like one. They're all one person. No, they're, but they're not. But they are. They're all like one giant actor. <laughs> <laughs> why? If you love her so much, why don't you marry her? Because that's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> Justin still with the bowl cut, fifteen foot tall. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I'm the new Blue Ranger. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Oh no! You're listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, but you must defeat Lord Zed. Mm, yes. Ryan, you gotta go to the virtual world. Today on the Power Hour, Episode 9, Ranger Nation interview, Susan Matisse, behind the convention table, recorded on April 28th, 2014. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as b 47 I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. And I'm Chris, also known as Kickback. This episode is brought to you by Raven Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit ravencruise.com. Hello, Ranger Nation. Today we have a special interview. Today we are interviewing Susan Matisse, public relations for Power Ranger actors such as Austin St. John, Daniel Southworth, and Jason Font. She has also helped out at numerous conventions with other Ranger actors, including Aaron Cahill, Johnny Young Bosch, Jason David Frank, and more. Currently, she is working closely with Austin St. John for his upcoming convention appearances. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour, Susan. Hello, how are you? Good, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. So, first, we just want to get to know more about you. What was your first experience in Power Rangers? How did you get involved in all of this? (laughs) Well, uh, probably a little bit differently than most of you guys. I'm a little more, shall we say, veteran than some of the Ranger fans, so... 
I honestly started watching it when my daughter was little. So she was four or five when the series started, and I would watch it with her, you know, in the afternoons or whenever it was on. You know, I remember it from then. That's not exactly how I got involved with it, but I do remember watching it with her. And the funny thing is, is I remember the big thing when she was, oh gosh, about six, was who's going to be the White Ranger? <laughs> and I remember going, who gives a crap? <laughs> and, and of course, I care now. But, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, it was like, who shot JR? I mean, it was like, who cares? <laughs> you know, but uh, that, that was funny. I, rem I remember that very well. And I, I have told Jason that story, too. He laughed. <laughs> That's like the best analogy for it I've ever seen is the who shot JR of, like, the younger generation. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so how did you uh, transition from watching the show with your daughter to actually starting to work with the actors? Well, my daughter comes into it again, as a matter of fact. Her name is Shannon, by the way. I had been just watching. I'm a Disney fanatic, okay? So I would watch Disney Channel and stuff, even when she wasn't around. Mm -hmm. she's, grown, she's grown now, by the way. I was just flipping channels and stuff, and I came across a Power Ranger series, and I was like, oh, my God, is this still on? You know? <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't know. I was bad, but out of the loop, you know. Right. So I'm watching it and everything, and I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, God, he looks familiar. Where do I know him from? Short, spiky hair don't fit, but I know that face. <laughs> you know, and so at the end, and it was Jason David Frank, and I'm like, wait a minute. That's the same guy, and I saw so I'm like on the computer, and I'm like looking up his name, and I'm pulling up pictures. Oh, that is the same guy. Oh, my God. So I was like, Shannon, come here. you got to see this. Then fast forward about a year or so, or six months, we were going to Disney, going to Florida, taking one of our friends with her, and they wanted to go to an anime convention. So I'm like, okay, well, let me see what I can find. So I look up, and I find Anime Festival of Orlando that was going on the weekend after we were supposed to be at Disney World. And so I was like, okay, well, there's a chance for me to take her to an anime convention. So I was like, we're going to cut our Disney trip short by a day or so, and okay. then we're going to go over to AFO. And I got to looking at who's going to be there, and I'm like, oh, crap, Shannon, your White Ranger's going to be there. <laughs> but she was like, oh, my God, really? And her friend had been watching it, too. I think her friend kind of favored Jason a little more than Tommy. Mm -hmm. So we go. Those two had been talking nonstop the entire trip, driving me crazy. So we're walking through the convention center. It's like the Thursday night meet and greet VIP thing that the that AFO does for anybody that's staying at the hotel. And I see him down the hallway, and I know him from way down the hallway. And I'm like, that's Jason right there. And they look at me, and they're like, oh, yeah, right. So we get on up there, and it's him. And so he's like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, hey, how you doing? Looked at them, not a word. Neither one of them could say a word. The first time they shut up all week. <laughs> We went to the meet and greet thing, and I got to talking to him. And I think we kind of hit it off. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason is because I was one of the only people there that was even minutely close to his age. Everybody else was 20. We just talked for like 45 minutes. We just kind of hit it off. Trying to make a long story short, too late. But so <laughs> I saw him at another convention. He ended up giving me his email address. I gave him mine just for fan stuff or pictures or whatever. I don't know, nothing major. Right. And then he was starting to do the MMA fights then in 2010, and his fight management is the one that started his fan page. He actually did not really want one to begin with because you know how it is when you don't really know what's going on or how this is going to go. And right. You know, past fan clubs had gotten a little weird, and we got to talking on there. I eventually became his admin after the first admin kind of deuced out, and it just kind of went from there. So after I'd worked for Jason for a little while, you know, I was meeting all of these other people. 
mm-hmm. you know, all the other actors and stuff, and I think they trusted me because Jason trusted me. So and then, it just kind of snowballed from there? Exactly. I think probably the next person I actually worked for was Dan Southworth, and I'm still doing some stuff for him. You know, and then Jason Font, obviously, from Dan Southworth, and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's pretty much how that happened. Nice. Aside from the list I said in the beginning, have you worked with any other Ranger actors or starting to, aside from Austin St. John? Well, Austin's my main one right now. And he's, believe me, keeping me plenty busy. Because <laughs> we're starting from scratch with him, pretty much. Right. No convention appearances since 07. He has no 8x10s. He has no banner. He has he had no social media at all. Nothing. So we're pretty much starting from scratch and designing and ordering merchandise and coming up with 8x10s and trying to find pictures, which is difficult, by the way. Particularly Zio. I, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it's been it's been very difficult. Luckily, in the first year or so, I know the first year, they had a very talented photographer named Bruce, and I'm, I'll mess up his last name. Starts with an H, but Bruce does wonderful, wonderful pictures, and those still exist. Those you can find. A lot right. of the, as a matter of fact, a lot of the good ones that you see from the first season. Mm-hmm. that are out there on the internet are his pictures. Oh, okay. That's easy to find, but Zio, mm, not so much. In working with all of these actors, mm-hmm. uh, what's the process in getting ready for a convention appearance? Well, it really depends on what, what I'm doing because I have actually booked conventions for people and I have just assisted. And you do a lot of the same things, except when you book the convention, of course, you have to deal with flights and schedules and mm-hmm. making special requests with a con, like if the person has a special diet or something they have they need to have at their table or and they need to have in the green room. You go through all that. And with assisting, it depends on who it is, setting up merch tables, banners, making sure you got change, figuring out where the panels or the photo ops or the classes are going to be held and how to get them there the quickest way with the least amount of traffic. Because most of them are really, really, well, all of them that I've worked with are really nice guys. And they don't like to turn down autographs or if they see somebody, they're like, hey, Jason, or hey, Dan, let me, let me take a picture with you or something. They'll stop. Yeah. That's just the way they are. And that's great, except for the fact that it puts you behind schedule. <laughs> and especially with these photo ops that a lot of cons are starting to do, mm-hmm. they allow like 10, 15 minutes for each person. And then you have to be there right when it starts, or you're eating, or you're going to be eating into the other person's time, and it throws their whole schedule off for the day. So a lot of times it's like herding cats, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? You can't say, come on, you can't you can't talk to your fan. Come on, you have to go do this. But keeping the lines in, in order and moving, now that's Sarge. Okay. A lot of you know my partner in crime, my, my business partner and best friend, Melanie Francisco, also known as Sarge. She's been called the line Nazi. <laughs> And uh, she has earned that. She's ex-Navy and security guard and all this kind of stuff. So she, when she barks, people listen. She can control a two or 300-person line by herself. I saw her at LexCon last year. I saw both of you yeah. at LexCon last year. Uh-huh. And she knows how to work a line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You listen to her. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. when she speaks, people listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So she's she's extremely handy to have around. <laughs> um, you're basically just making sure that they are where they're supposed to be at the con. Now, with Austin, like I said, this is different mm-hmm. because we're we're starting from scratch. In getting him ready for 
these first few con appearances, like I said, we're designing and ordering merchandise and deciding how much of each item to bring with us and getting 8x10s printed, getting a banner printed, you know, all this other kind of thing. His He has a great booking agent named Zach McGinnis who is doing all of that. He's handling that part. Okay. So that's good. He's getting him into a lot of cons. So we've only had been able to announce five so far. But there's a lot more coming. That's fantastic. And I know a lot of people are really excited to see him, all of us included. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's excited to see everyone else, too. It's been a long time. Now, the YouTube videos that he made, Mm -hmm. are are you guys just recording those and editing the videos and getting them out to the fans? He's just sending us voice files right now. And then just so that people will have something to look at while they listen to him talk, we're putting in the pictures. Pictures and things. He's got a lot going on right now, transitioning back from being over in the Middle East and everything. And he will appear, I promise, he will appear in a video and some pictures pretty soon. He's just not at the moment. Now, will he be taking any new headshots? I know in his last Q&A, he said that he really didn't like taking pictures of himself (laughs) or anything like that. But is is any of that going to happen? Like maybe newer pictures that fans can get? Yes. Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) Oddly enough, for an actor or, or, you know, someone who has been an actor, he doesn't like pictures of himself. He doesn't like cameras (laughs) pointed at him. So, I mean, he's fine to take pictures with people and stuff like that. But as far as like photo shoots, he feels kind of... I think uncomfortable. He just because I mean it's it's odd. It's really odd. Yeah. It's he's not all about himself, you know, mm-hmm. which is a breath of fresh air. It's it's amazing. It really you is. know <laughs> that um you know that he's that way. But um he will be taking some pictures. He actually said on his fan page, so I'm not giving anything away here, that he was injured over in the Middle East. And he's still healing from all of that. He has a messed up shoulder and a messed up ankle. He had a few ribs broken, wow. that sort of thing. So he's, he's dealing with all that, trying to get healthy and everything. So right now is not the best time for him to take pictures and, yeah. and actually you know, be in video. Because people haven't seen him in years and years. And he's like anybody else. He wants to look good the first time they see him. So he's trying to get all of that taken care of first. And so I'm hoping that everybody, you know, everybody's on the fan base, like, when are we going to see new pictures of you? So I'm like, just be patient. <laughs> You've waited this long. Wait a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, with all the appearances he has going on, it'll happen. People just oh, yeah. need to wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to do some new pictures, and we're going to get all that done, and he's going to be in some videos and stuff. It's just give him a little bit more time. What's it like interacting with the fans at a convention while you're working at a convention, like behind the table. What's it like also on the other side? What's it like for the actor as well? Well, you hear a lot about the fans and and fandoms and stuff like that, but I'll be honest with you. I've been doing this for several years now, and I I do not have a problem with the PR fandom. I do not. You're going to have people, like in any group of people, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a few that are overexcitable or just socially awkward. It's just they're omnipresent. They're always right there. And when you have some special fans that are, you know, that hang around a lot and stuff, and they just, a lot of them just don't understand that they can't break in front of a 400-person line. You have patience with people like that. But honestly, I haven't seen it that people are demanding or anything. They they don't seem to intrude too much on the actor's privacy that much. You know, now, of course, <laughs> there's been lots of times, you know, in, in hotel lobbies, particularly 
right at the beginning of the con, when everybody's getting there and everything, and it's like the first time they see somebody walk into the hotel. Well, you have two two different kinds. You have the mm-hmm. ones that will just go right up to them, and then you have the ones that will hang back in a big group and giggle and snicker and laugh and call their name. And, and then, of course, you hear the little communicators thing a million and a half <laughs> times, and, you know, like they've never heard that before. You know, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Note to self, change my text alert to <laughs> It's to be expected. I haven't known of anybody that I've worked for that's had Mm. a real problem with anybody. Like I said, you have people that hang around a lot more than some, but they don't. They don't. I've never seen any just go nuts and just be all touchy and grabby and feely and stuff like that. Apparently, some of the girls, some of the actresses, have had apparently some issues. I don't know. I don't generally work for the girls. I have worked for Erin Cahill, who is just an absolute doll, by the way. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is just the friendliest thing, hugs everybody, loves everybody. She's just the sweetest thing. But, you know, she hasn't, as far as I know, hasn't had any problems with, like, stalkerish behavior. Some of the other girls uh, seem to seem to have. I, I don't know. Some of them, or at least a couple of them, apparently have some sort of anxiety issues that I'm not sure I buy. But I just don't see that that's a problem. And the actors, they, as long as nobody is doing anything inappropriate to them, right. like you wouldn't do to anyone else, they don't have a problem with it. The, the only fans that I think really, not necessarily get on their nerves, but the ones that will come up and go, it's like, oh, you, yeah, you remember in episode 12 when, you know, your Zord combined <laughs> with so-and-so, and, and, you know, your fill-in-the-blank power wasn't working, and, 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 and they're all excited and stuff, and the actors just look at them just blank. They don't know. They don't remember that stuff. They don't watch the show. Mm-hmm. Most, for the most part, they don't watch the show. They own so many episodes at a time that one kind of blends into the other. And for some of them, it's been 20 years. No, they don't remember. <laughs> so Yeah, I've, I've actually seen that firsthand. Uh, I remember talking with uh, Chris Violette, who played the uh, blue SPD ranger at Yomacon, and someone coming up to him and saying, oh, yeah, and in this episode... And then in the Sentai, and then they bring up the Sentai, and oh, yeah. the actor has no idea yeah. what people are no. talking about. Oh, yeah, you see them glaze over when you start talking about Sentai, because they, they don't know. I don't know anything about Sentai either. But um, <laughs> And I'll tell you what's funny is Jason Frank used to do this all the time. We would be at a panel, and myself and Melanie were usually sitting down front because we were usually filming it for his YouTube channel. And somebody would ask a question about the show or some power or some Zord or some something like that. And he would just look right down at us. And then we would usually try to mouth the answer to him. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he don't remember. Do you remember what you did 20 years ago? No. So no. they don't remember it. And they're not their characters. Mm-hmm. You know? They're, they're really not. That's another thing that tends to, I don't want to say irk them, but it just kind of catches them by surprise sometimes when they expect. Oh, the biggest one is it, when you expect Dan Southworth to be Eric. Just, you know, chip Loner. on his shoulder kind of basically, and, and he's he can be that way, yeah, but um, <laughs> he has that trait in him, but he's not that way. He's goofy. He's silly. He's a sweetheart, just the nicest guy, and I've, I've seen people that are afraid to come up to him. You know, and it's like, he's a sweetheart. What are you waiting on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, one of the best experiences I had at the first Paramorphicon was actually meeting Dan because, he, yeah, he is sweet and he's goofy. And he was like, hey, man, let's pose for this picture and let's get, you know, crazy. And I was like, yeah, man, you got it. Uh-huh. Yep, that's Dan. <laughs> what are some of the best questions that fans can ask of the actors if it's not show-related? Because I know a lot of the actors do Q&A panels 
and you probably hear the same question oh, God, yes. 50 million times. Oh, yes. Okay, I'll tell you, don't, if you're talking to Jason Frank, don't ask him what his favorite color ranger was. <laughs> I think we all, all right. know the answer. Okay, just don't, just don't go there. Um, don't ask him which Zord was his favorite. Come up with something new, mm -hmm. something they might be interested in listening to, you know, something different. One good thing you can ask any of them that you talk to on a panel is something about what they've been doing lately. What have they been working on lately? With Austin, it being his his career as a paramedic firefighter. He's been a combat medic in the Middle East for the last several years. There's going to be stories there, <laughs> just all kinds of great stuff there. Dan, oh my gosh, I mean, he was Kenshi in Mortal Kombat Legacy Season 2. He's mm -hmm. always working on motion capture for big video games, big um, stuff, Battlefield 4 and stuff like that. He also does a lot of acting in other, other shows and series, uh, movies. Jason Font, he did the motion capture for Leon Kennedy in Resident Evil 6. He's a working model. He does, all, he does commercials. He does all the kind of stuff. It's just something that is different from what they always get asked. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Is there any other kind of advice that you can give to congoers, maybe for their next convention? Since Austin St. John's going to be at a ton of conventions this yep. year. He is. Well, the best thing to do is just treat them like regular folks, because that's how they want to be treated, and you'll get the best response out of them that way. Now, I know that sometimes, if it's the first time you've seen somebody that you grew up watching, like Austin's going to get this a lot, and he knows this. <laughs> of They ran home from school to watch Power Rangers, and he was their favorite ranger, and he's the reason they like Red or something to that effect. He understands that. And, I mean, he's going to be very receptive to people, so don't get the idea he's not. Just treat them like regular people. The fanboy and fangirl comes out in people, and that's fine. They, they understand that. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to have a conversation with them, then just treat them like a regular person because that's what they are, and that's the way they want to be treated, to be honest with you. Just talk to them like you talk to your friend. Exactly. I've heard from actors before that same thing. It's just for some of them, especially during their first or whatever convention experience, sometimes it's their first time meeting fans, so they're in the same boat. There's that same awkward this is our first time hanging out kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. I've seen people start to hyperventilate and get so nervous they're shaking and stuff like that before they get up to particularly JDF. I'm sure it'll happen with Austin as well because I'm usually at the merch table beside them, so they get to me before they get to them. You know, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm just like, take it easy. He's a nice guy. I promise. He's not going to bite your head off. <laughs> he's, he's really sweet. I promise. Don't get so nervous. I understand that's their childhood hero. Mm -hmm. you know, it's understandable. If, if you know of something that might be a touchy subject, don't bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> just Really, that's about it. Just Like I said, just treat them like you'd treat anybody else. That's some good advice. So that's the questions that I've had. I'm going to open it up to Chris and Zach if you guys have questions. Susan, this is Chris. Thanks again uh -huh. for, for coming on. It's a real nice pleasure to talk to you and get all this insight yeah. that well, thank you. I've never had. I've been in many fandoms over the years, but this is kind mm -hmm. of the first Power Rangers convention. I'll be at Power Morphicon this year. Oh, nice. Um, I know. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time. And this is kind of a goofy question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> Shoot. Er Eric already knows. That's why he's giggling in the background. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know what Austin is going to be charging for, like, a bro hug? Like, <laughs> a bro hug. <laughs> a bro hug. Um, I, I think you'll probably get one of those free. 
as far as like honest to god merchandise, we're working on a, a list prices and stuff, and we hope to have that out before the first con. But um, I, I'm pretty sure knowing him, hugs will be free. I will tell you right now, any Gold mm-hmm. Ranger merchandise you put out there, I will probably buy a lot of. Chris <laughs> is the Green Ranger nut here. Uh oh, <laughs> Gold Ranger nut, Mister. Or Gold Ranger. Nut. There's a big, Whoops. big <laughs> difference. What did I say? You said Green Ranger. Oh, whoa, wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting my wires crossed. (laughs) Gold Ranger. Yeah, I was about to say, you're going to start a fight there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Austin really, really enjoyed being the Gold Ranger. He's told me that, that he really liked it. Of course, he enjoyed being Red Ranger, too, but when he came back to be the guy, he said he really liked that. You know, he's right there with you. Oh, we'll get along fine. I, I can't. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of coming back in terms of the Gold Ranger, do you know his thoughts? And this will probably be a good convention question to ask so someone else can do it. But do you know what he thinks about when he came back for Forever Red? Because I think that was unexpected for a lot of people when that happened. He hasn't talked about Forever Red that much, except that they all had a good time shooting it. He loved doing it. I think he got to choreograph his own fight sequences as the ones that were actually doing the fighting. All of them, I think, pretty much did. And you can tell by watching the fights, and particularly <laughs> the unmorphed fights. You know, you can tell who's a fighter and who's not. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Austin, JDF, Dan, of course. A couple of others, you know, you can tell because the camera's on their face and it's not backed way off because it's a stunt guy. <laughs> but I think all of them really enjoyed that from what I've gathered from all of them, as a matter of fact. He, he liked doing it. He liked coming back and seeing everybody, the ones that he knew already. And that'd be a good thing to ask him. I think he ha- I think he enjoyed it. I think it was a good experience. He liked the bike because <laughs> that wasn't his Harley, but he does have a Harley still, so he enjoyed it. Zach, anything? We don't have too many questions. I got a fun story to tell about when I met Austin at Morphicon, which I've told a hundred times on this podcast. Went up to a VIP party where all the actors and some of the convention guests were all hanging out together. And I walk in the door, and Austin's standing there, and he's just like, hey, man, you having a good con? I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's good. We're having fun. And he goes, cool, here, and he hands me this cup. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. So I take a drink out of the cup, and it's Jack Daniels and Coke. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I don't really like Jack Daniels, but when the Red Ranger hands you a drink, you drink it because it's the Red Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bad. That sounds like Austin. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with him again at Parmorphicon this year because he's a cool guy and, you know, it'd be nice to, to catch up and see how he's been the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people, because, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people that have never had an opportunity to meet him. Like, you know, the other guys have been out, you know, on the convention circuit, but he's been gone and he's been just disappeared for the longest time and a lot of people have no idea what to expect from him and I've gotten a few messages on the Facebook fan page, as a matter of fact, about one guy, I don't remember his name, and I wouldn't I wouldn't call him out anyway, but you know, he was like, oh, I've just heard terrible things about him, and that he's just, he's hard to get along with, and he's condescending and rude to the fans, and, and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, what? Where are you getting this from? I don't know who you've been listening to, but that is so not the truth. Austin is a great guy. He's very sweet. 
He's very, very funny. He's a nutcase. I mean, he's been over in what they call the sandbox for the last several years. So, you know, hanging out with soldiers and other medics and stuff like that. So I'm sure he's got a lot of good stories to tell. He's he's a good guy. He's He's very honest, down-to-earth, easy to talk to. So I think anybody that gets an opportunity to meet him at a convention is really going to enjoy it. Well, we definitely look forward to it. We also appreciate your efforts working with all the different actors. Well, I'm glad to do it. I enjoy doing it. There are a lot of great guys. All the ones that I've worked for are good people. They really are. I know there's been a lot of stuff being said lately about JDF, but I'll tell you this from my perspective. Jason is a good guy. He is. He, I consider him sort of like a brother. He's a good man, and he's got a good heart. Some people question how he goes about doing things sometimes, and I don't claim to always understand why he does things the way he does sometimes, but it's just like it with anybody else, with any other friend. You know, you're not always going to agree with them, and you're not always going to understand them, but they're still your friends. Right. So that's pretty much the way it is with Jason. He, he is a good guy, and he does love his fans. He really does. And Dan is a good guy. He's not as out in the fandom as some of the other guys. He's always working. He's probably the hardest, besides Johnny Young Bosch, he's probably the hardest working guy as far as like, you know, different roles and different jobs and, and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing just to see him pop up in random episode. Like, I saw him last year in Revolution. Yep. He was playing a thug, and I was like, wait, that's Dan Southworth. Like, what's... <laughs> he, he just shows oh, yeah. up in the in the most yeah. unexpected places. Oh, he's he's random thug number three in a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> he really is. And he's been in I don't know how many episodes of Disney's Kicking It, this show. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and he's always... He, as far as I know, the, the ones I've seen, he has not had a speaking part yet. But he's always just a different random thug, and he's always fighting the kid on there who really is a martial artist. <laughs> I forget his name, but I guess they get a better show that way. But yeah, he's always popping up here and there and everywhere. So he doesn't do as many conventions because he's always working. And mm. the, conven the convention scene, a lot of people, let me throw this in about conventions. A lot of people sure. don't, know, don't know this. It used to be that conventions would pay an appearance fee and transportation, hotel, per diem, all this, right? And that was great. You know, a lot of people did cons that way. And then they've kind of gone to this sort of guarantee thing where because so many people sell autographs, sell merchandise, do all this sort of thing, that the cons are like, okay, well, we will guarantee that you'll make this much money this weekend. And if you don't, we make up the difference. And then some of them are just like, we'll get you here, and we'll put you up in a hotel room, and we'll give you some per diem, and, and you know, there's a green room you can eat there and stuff like that. But what you sell is what you get. Mm -hmm. So for people who don't sell a lot of stuff, or like Dan who won't sell anything, it's difficult for them because they're not making any money for the weekend. And as much as us fans would like to be like, oh, yeah, you know, just come on out for the weekend. We'll hang out. We'll party, yada, yada. You know, it's a business. Right. And particularly for somebody like Dan who works all the time. If he's at a con for the weekend, he's turned down work to be there. So he's not getting paid what he would be paid for whatever job he turned down to be at this con. And if the con's not paying him anything to be there and he won't sell anything, then he's not getting any money for the weekend. I can kind of see you know, how fans are like, well, you know, just come out and do it for the fans. I hear that all the time. Do it for yeah. the fans. Go back for the 20-year anniversary thing for the fans. I hear that all the time. And I understand that, but at the same time, these guys have families. They have right. obligations, and they can't just take a lot of weekends off, or in the case of New Zealand, a week or two off, 
and not getting anything for it. That's like you taking off work unpaid and just going and hanging out with somebody. It's the same thing. They're just like you. Yeah. Going back to Dan, you said that he doesn't sell anything. Now, right. why is that? Is that a personal choice on it, his end? or? Yeah. He has agreed to sell 8x10s, autographed 8x10s on his fan page for people that can't get out to see him or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as far as like at a convention, he feels like if they're coming to the con and they want an autograph picture of him, then he will he'll autograph something for them. At the last couple he did, the last Morphicon and AFO, I think that was in 12, he had like promo posters for his web series, Divergence, right. that he was giving away. It's just a personal thing with him. He just doesn't like selling stuff. He's definitely in the minority. Oh, most, yeah. most of them, while they're not making money hand over fist, they have no problem with selling autographs and selling pictures and t-shirts and things like that because that's just part of the business. Exactly. But with Dan, it's just, a, it's just a personal thing. Well, hopefully, maybe fingers crossed, Dan might possibly able make it to Power Morphicon. Because <laughs> I, I, would, I would really like to meet him. He's one of my favorite actors in the series. Yeah, he's a great guy. He may he may crash the party. Even if he's not on the official guest list, if he's in Southern California, which who knows with him, he might. Now I know in uh, 2010, the reason that he came is because Jason Font was melting his phone down with text. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get over here, man. You got to get over here. You need to come over here. You need to see this. And I mean, seriously, I think he sent him like 20 texts. <laughs> so finally, Dan is like, fine, I'll come. And so he showed up for half a day, and he did, I think he did some autographs, and he did. I think he crashed a panel or two. Yeah, the Time Force, Wild Force panel. Yeah, that's when he kissed Aaron. Everybody had a fit, you know, and so, yeah, yeah, well, that's Dan for you. I'm sure that if, if he's in town, anywhere around that area, and he's not just crazy busy in the middle of shooting something, he probably will drop by for a little bit anyway. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. I think we all hope so. We're all going to be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it should be a real good time. Susan, where can people find... Austin online for his upcoming news and all that stuff. Well, of course, the official fan page, which he is posting on, and he's starting to post more. It's facebook.com slash Austin St. John, and that is the official fan page. It was started out as a regular fan page and with no input from him because we didn't have any contact with him. Mm -hmm. And then when he was deciding to do cons and everything, he found the page, and he liked it. He liked the way that we presented everything and that we weren't pretending to be him because a lot of fan pages do that, and right. he liked that. So he got in contact with us through Zach, his, his booking agent, and he said that you know he wanted that to be his official page. So that's his official fan page on YouTube at youtube.com slash Austin St. John Video. We're still building that up. We've got con panels from like the first Morphicon, a few things like we have one of his karate videos on there, an instructional video, the two little video shout-outs that he's done lately, and of course there's going to be a lot more. Going to be shooting a lot of video at cons and panels and doing all kinds of things about the different conventions he's going to. And then, of course, he'll be doing more shout-outs and stuff like that, and all of that will be on the YouTube channel. And then just started was Twitter, which I think you got 2,000 followers in the first day? Yeah, it was, I think, of 2,000 in the first eh, 24, 36 hours, something like that. Yeah, it went pretty fast. His Twitter is at ASJ Austin, because someone had already taken his name. Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah, the one that's at Austin St. John is not Austin St. John. It may be a Austin St. John, but it's not the Austin St. John. 
the man himself is ASJ Austin. Instagram will come along because that's basically all pictures. And as stated earlier, he's not into that into taking pictures of it. He's not a selfie kind of guy. Okay, <laughs> um, he's just not. We'll be doing pictures and stuff at conventions and, and things like that, and he'll post them. He'll post them on there. Once we do a couple of cons and he gets, you know, he's, he's still getting used to all this. Yeah. So just kind of working him into it slowly. He's all for doing that sort of thing. It's just going to take him a little bit to, to get everything going. Well, Ranger Nation will be here to welcome him mm-hmm. in open arms as they've continued to do so far. Yeah. Uh, everyone's yeah. really excited to have him back. Yeah, he's very excited about it. He is. He's he's a little unsure about what to expect. <laughs> he hasn't done a lot of cons, and the first Morphicon, I wasn't there, but I understand right. it was it was a rather intimate get-together, so to speak. Wasn't a heck of a lot of people there, and it was just a small con. And some of the ones he's talking about doing, or some of the ones he's already contracted to do, Houston uh, Comic Palooza on Memorial Day weekend, that's a good-sized con. Phoenix Comic Con, that's a big one. Of course, Morphicon, Miami Supercon is huge, all these things. So uh, some of these... 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people cons. It's, he's a little bit like, okay. <laughs> what am I getting myself into here? He'll be fine. He's just got to see how things are and then he'll be all right. I do have a quick question for you guys, okay. though. How about okay. this? Oh, wow. Ah, how about that? Yeah. I see all the time, especially lately. People are like, oh, Austin and JDF need to make up and they need to be friends again. And. They need to do, you know, all this kind of stuff. So here's my question. Do you think that people are really wanting JDF and Austin to make up? Or do they want to see Tommy and Jason make up? Because they're not the same people. People, uh, yeah. you know, people think they're, <laughs> they're projecting the characters onto, the, onto these real-life men who are not those people. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, <laughs> that's deep. That's that really is, deep. Yeah, that's, that, that is deep. That's like a Power Rangers philosophical question. I think a lot of it might be stemming from just stories that have been told, at least on one side of it. And it could be that they're also projecting the characters on. Because in the show, the characters themselves had kind of a rivalry going. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess people don't know how much of that is the actors doing that or how much of that is the characters. So without knowing the full picture, I guess fans are just filling in the blanks. I would even I, take it one step further than that, Eric. Yeah. I would say, going on with what you said, it has been kind of a one-sided narrative as to what rivalry there is between Austin and Jason David Frank, and what happens is a lot of that is told or was told in intimate settings, panels that people don't go to or haven't been to, and it gets passed on, you know, kind of like a game game of telephone. Exactly. And so I think there's a lot of people who really have no idea if there really is a rivalry or if there is what it's about. Then they just want to see something make up, whether it's between Tommy and Jason or Austin and Jason. I I just don't think a lot of people really even know what's going on, to be completely (laughs) honest with you. But yeah, I I don't know. I think the more intimate fans, the ones that are a lot more involved, a lot more, you know, the ones that pay attention to things or research things, like I would say me, Eric, and Zach on on the show here, I think we're all Mm -hmm. 
like private investigators, more or less, <laughs> with a lot of different things. So, you know, we've researched this stuff just because we're bored one night. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people do, and it's just all hearsay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to agree. I mean, I, I think that it's just one of those things that's going to kind of live on in the fandom for a while, and whether or not we see a resolution, I think it's still going to be talked about for quite some time to come. Mm-hmm. Now, if the two, if Austin St. John and Jason David Frank ever did do a team-up at a convention where both of them showed up, they're at like a double table or something, I think that would be the largest gathering of Ranger fans just because of it's the both of them together. I think that would be an amazing experience. So, But I don't know what's going on personally behind the scenes with them, whether or not something like that will ever manifest. But I think for the fans, it would be really good if they showed up at a convention together. Right. Well, there's no reason in the world why they can't do a convention together. Let me just say that. Right. As Austin has said, they have no professional problems between them. He did say that on the on the fan page. And I know what you mean about every have the narrative being one-sided. You know, because really, Jason's the only one that said anything. Yeah. You know, for the last several years. Austin really hasn't offered a rebuttal. And a lot of people, unfortunately, have gathered or they just figure that because he hasn't said anything that somehow he goes along with what's been said. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He absolutely doesn't. But it's just one of those, it's just like, is it really worth getting into? Right. You know, is, yeah. it, is it really worth, I mean, why? Why get into an argument about stuff? There's just no reason for it. He wouldn't mind, I don't think, doing a con with Jason. Let me say JDF. There's too many Jasons in the Fandom. Okay. There's J with me it's JDF, Font, and Narvi. Okay. <laughs> because no, nobody gets called Jason, I'm sorry. Um, no. There's no reason why they couldn't do one together. It's just a matter of it working out. There's some cons that Austin just can't get into mm-hmm. for whatever reason. There are lots of them, like some of the some of the bigger cons, that they're not real ranger heavy and they just don't understand how big a draw he'll be. That's the thing with cons. You, I mean, a lot of people don't understand that they're in one fandom, like the ranger fandom, and they don't understand why a big con like New York City Comic Con or something like that wouldn't want somebody like this. But the con doesn't know. At Right at the moment, Austin is an unknown entity as far as they're concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know how big he's going to draw. They don't know. We know. We know it's going to be crazy, <laughs> right? Or right. We, know, we know this, okay? And that's what I've been trying to tell Austin. He's like, yeah, well, I don't know. And I, I'm like, Austin, <laughs> listen to me, bro. <laughs> it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. It's, the lines are going to be insane. We're going to need the line Nazi, okay? It's going to be <laughs> insane. You know, the con doesn't know that. So in order to have a table for him or to pay for him to go or anything like that. They're a little reticent about that kind of thing, as they would be with anybody that they don't know how it's going to go. Some cons are willing to be like, oh, yeah, sure, right, you know, absolutely. You know, we want you there. Rhode Island was announced, and Rhode Island has always, as far as I know, had, at least in the last several years, had a lot of Rangers. Zach McGinnis, he represents Austin and Walter Jones and David Yost and Karen Ashley. He has a lot of the originals or close to the originals. Love you, Karen. (laughs) So he brings a lot of them to the same con, Mm -hmm. as he does with some of the Star Trek and Star Wars folks that he represents as well. So there's no reason why they couldn't do a con together. It's just a matter of it just working out business-wise. not a personal thing. It's not one of those, oh, he's going, I'm not going. It's, just, it's not that way. 
It's really not. Well, you heard it here first, Ranger Nation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We'd like to thank you for coming on to the show, and thank you again for giving us an interesting look at behind-the-scenes for conventions. It's been a real insight into the whole convention perspective. Well, good. I'm glad I could shed a little light. (laughs) It was a real pleasure having you on. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad I got to talk to you guys. And then you said I was a fan of the Green Ranger. Really? Really, man? Really? Ugh. Dude, dude, that, that was a total mental slip. Chris is the biggest Green Ranger fan. Okay. <laughs> you, and... realize you realize there's fan art incoming now, right? I just picture a fan art picture of JDF in the Green Ranger costume without the helmet, and then there's Chris with big googly anime eyes just like... <laughs> Uh, Senpai noticed me. Exactly. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do the news. So next, the news. First off, the official Power Rangers on Twitter and YouTube released a video called Power Rangers Power Wash, in which Gosei Knight has taken the Megaforce costumes to the dry cleaners after many battles, and then the dry cleaning guy has one hell of a time trying to get all the dirt out. And then towards the end, kind of interestingly, the Gosei Knight says, oh, we've got a new Silver Ranger, and drops off off Orion's suit. So this was released after much fanfare and pre-promotion from the Power Force, and you can watch it on YouTube. We'll uh, provide the link on our website. But what did you guys think of this video and the build-up and all that stuff? (laughs) I didn't watch it. (laughs) 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 That's why it's so dead silent, because I was like... (laughs) Yo, what did I miss? Whoops, oh well. (laughs) Um, All right, I I did watch it. I was a little confused. I figured it was going to be something kind of corny, you know, because there's there's Robo Knight, by the way. He's named Robo Knight here in Power Rangers, Eric. uh, What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I am two for two tonight. Wow. No, I was afraid it would be something... Maybe because I like Gosei Knight better. Uh, apologies if you can hear that, but it's there's apparently a thunderstorm going on outside now. I just there's There was a loud rumble, and I was like, uh-oh. Oh, from my end? No, on my end. Oh, I, I did not I hear anything. Okay, good. Sorry, it's, sorry to interrupt. It's, that was the earth shattering. That was, yeah, that was like, where's the kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. Oh, my God. Was that your ninja word? No, that was my, that was my Marvin the Martian, man, but I guess they sound kind of similar. That was very ninja-esque. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the you have a guy for your show. You must defeat Lord Zed. That is is almost dead on perfect. But see, Ninjor was just Dudley Do-Right, which is... Oh, no! Ooh, there's there's your Ninjor. Oh, my God! Wait, we're going to need to record something for the intro. You need to say... Mm, Ninja, welcome to the Ranger yeah. Command Power Hour. You're listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, but you must defeat Lord Zed. Mm, yes. 
Carol. I'm gonna, you know, this is all fun and games until Zach gets contacted a week from now from Spawn, being like, "Hey, man, can you do a voiceover for us?" For like, and I would be like, uh, "Yes," and my fee could be <laughs> pay me well money, really, but um. <laughs> You know Saban's not going to pay money, right? Who we can? Saban won't even listen to this program. Oh, he's made myself oh. sad there. I know. I'm all Wait a minute. <laughs> We're doing good. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're talking about Robo no. I almost called him Ghost Knight. Robo Knight's laundry bed. I was called a car wash. Okay, see, the only reason I brought this up was because... This was built up as such a big thing. Like they released that teaser picture of him sitting on a bench in depressed and emo, I might add. In LA. He's missing Troy just as much as Troy is missing him. (laughs) And I think that's what a lot of people were thinking. So I I wanted to talk about it just because of the so much fanfare and build up through the power force and the promotional stuff. Hold on. Where are you going? Are you? Are you? <laughs> I know where you're going with this. All right, you could be. It's like, wait a second. Something got built up to be really big and awesome and the most amazing thing ever, and then turned out to be a disappointment. No, yeah. <laughs> it hasn't happened in years. You're telling me that fans of the program Power Rangers jumped to conclusions based on minimal information? No. <laughs> Uh, I I just think while the video was funny and I did get a laugh out of it, I don't think it deserved all the build up that it got. It's like just release the video. <laughs> where's where's the super mega force suits at? Are they like are they in? Well, it's to it's dirt? it's only a power up, so who cares? So like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there was one scene where it looked like one of them got shot. There was bullet holes in the suit. Like, whoa. <laughs> Moving on, Power Morphicon announced more guests in the past couple weeks since we released our new episode. And since we're all going, we are all going to be completely amazed at all these guests, like Selwyn Ward. Shifted to turbo. <laughs> First black leader of the Power Rangers. Kerrigan Mahan, who was Goldar and the Magna Defender. That's going to be fun. Yeah, he's awesome. In VR Troopers, he was Jeb. Uh, I tried to just think of how I could do that impression, <laughs> but I don't think I can. <laughs> I was. I, that's I'm why I put the pause. It. Uh, it's just Jack Nicholson. Really, it is. <laughs> Ryan, you gotta go to the virtual world. <laughs> wow, I'm discovering I can do so many voices this week. It's great. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, we're so using that in the future. <laughs> hey, wait, this is the Ranger Command Power Hour, not the VR Trooper talkback session. Wait, dude, we gotta trademark that before someone takes that. <laughs> the VR Trooper talkback session is the copyright of the Ranger Command Power Hour. <laughs> Next, we have uh, Scott Page Pector. He's a voice actor on MMPR. He was Pexter, Perontoshead, Plague Patrol. That's a lot of P's. He was a Mass Rider, Power Ranger Zeo, VR Troopers, Big Bad Billboards. He also produced VR Troopers, Zeo Battleboards, Battleboards, Beetleboards. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a little counter. Every time Eric messes with me, I'm ding! Uh, and now I'm going to have to find that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I think we already have it. Dun, dun, dun. 
Oh god! Oh yes! <laughs> buried. He buried it up. Did I just bury myself? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, producer for all those great seasons. He will also host a special panel of ADR outtakes from his time on the show, which will be an 18 and over only paid panel for ten dollars at Power Morphicon. I kind of want to go to that just to hear we, all the screw-ups and the slayer swearing. <laughs> we will all do that. <laughs> Next is Jason Buckaroo Yabara, who was the suit actor for Babu, and he also did a lot of stunts. He also has a real-life Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle turtle van that will be at the convention with Ninja Turtles. That's awesome. I'm just going to like fanboy out over that thing for a while. That makes the we're, entire trip worth it. We're going to need some in-space uh, suit people to join up with <laughs> the Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could happen. That, that's a great idea, though. That's why I was going, oh, God. Like, now this has to happen. <laughs> oh, God, that's brilliant. Power Rangers on Twitter officially announced today that the entire Super Mega Force cast will be at the convention. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I can't not wait a, for it. Not a surprise. Not a surprise yeah. at all. Yeah. And and who knows, maybe some of the Dino Charge cast. If, sure. <laughs> if last Paramorphicon was any indication. Sean Johnson, Carter Grayson. Heck yeah. I have the feeling that AP is somewhere like in a closet going, why can't I go to Paramorphicon? Why can't I go to Paramorphicon? The whole... <laughs> Michael Forrest, he was the voice of Olympus, speaking of Lightspeed Rescue. And for me, this is really exciting because he played the god Apollo in the original Star Trek series. And he was also Alex Rosewater in the anime series The Big O and countless other roles, but I am I am fan geeking on three different levels for this guy. Yeah, when I saw in the show notes, you're like, oh, yeah, he was at Apollo in Star Trek. I thought, well, there's Eric, and, you know, there's <laughs> fandoms intermingling. <laughs> That's and, an extra skip in your step, huh? Yeah. Yay! And then... <laughs> <laughs> I just put the visual of you going, yay, in my head, and now I, I can't get it out. Oh, so. God. <laughs> and Jessica Ray and Philip Andrew, who played Merrick... So this means that they have the full Power Rangers Wild Force team at Power Morphicon. That's pretty cool. They should fight the Super Mega Force Rangers. I will totally watch that. <laughs> I will I watch that. I don't that. know why I said that. I, I really don't want them to fight. But <laughs> yeah, well, It's like the first series to have the entire full cast, including the sixth Ranger at the show, isn't it, for the most part? Yeah, aside from SPD, which doesn't have... The sixth John Twee. Or, or John Twee, yeah. Well, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have any of the... I, I'm really sad they didn't get the voice for Omega Ranger to be there. But, no, if, if John Twee would show up, that'd be amazing. But as far as, like, the core five plus the sixth... I oh, think, yeah. This, this is mean, the first time. Yeah. For an older season that's not currently running. I mean, I know I think they had it for... Oh, no, they didn't do it for Operation Overdrive, did they? They just had the core five. Yeah, this would be a first. I'll go to that panel. Me too. So, Brittany Purdall, <laughs> Emily from Power Rangers Samurai, she will be there. And finally, Tony Oliver, the voice of Saba, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and the supervising producer for MMPR, VR Troopers, Mass Rider, as well as the co-producer for Power Rangers Zio, along with many other great voiceovers in Power Rangers... 
uh, Lupin the Third, and Robotech. I'm excited that he's going to be there. I got to, I'm pretty sure it was him I talked to at the first Paramorphicon. And we just talked about life in the valley in California because, like, they shot Power Rangers pretty much where I used to live when I was a kid. And so we'd always talk about, oh, yeah, they're down there in Santa Clarita. And so like, it was cool to talk to him about the area. Now we move on to our Ranger Nation Answers section. We asked, what is your best Power Rangers convention experience? We actually got some answers on our Facebook page. Brandon Anderson, he said, My best experience so far was at PMC3, when a group of my friends and I were filming as extras for No Nerds Here, a web series starring Jason Font, Jessica Ray, and Nakia Baris and I was picked to have a speaking role in it. That's always fun when you get to be a part of something like that. Especially if it's a part of, you know, if you're a big Power Rangers fan and maybe Jason Font is kind of like someone you really look up to that you really enjoyed, and to get to be part of that, that had to be awesome. So very, very jelly of you, Brandon, very jelly. <laughs> I think we're all a little jelly. George Hansen Jr. said, I was at the Great Allentown Comic Con in 2013, and I met David Yost after buying tickets at the last minute. He was the nicest guy and my sister and I spent almost half an hour talking to him. There was no line because it was a tiny convention, and he answered any questions that we had. We talked to him together with Cindy Morgan from Tron and giggled from the great honesty of them both. My sister, Dad, and I had such a great time that we forgot to take a photo with them. Later, we saw David and Cindy eating, and they both stopped to come over to us, hug us, and say thank you for coming to the show. They were the nicest people. They stopped eating just to say thank you. It was such a great experience. And see, that's one I'm jealous of because David Yost was my favorite ranger as a kid, and I have yet to meet him, and I would, I'd love to just be like, hey, man, thanks, you're awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. I met him at Lexington mm -hmm. last year. Echoing what George said, he is one of the most nicest people. I'm really happy for George. Like, seriously, warms my heart because George is one of, like, the nicest guys I think there are in this fandom. Yes. You know, Without he's always so positive, is, is always so outgoing, and uh, George is just awesome. I love George this, so to, to hear this personal experience, that seriously just, like, made my night. So, George, I'm really jilly of you, but I'm so happy you got to experience that. Yeah, that's it's a great experience. And also, Cindy Morgan from Tron, bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting bonus, sorry. <laughs> she was a total hottie in Tron. I'm going to shut up now. Moving on to Twitter, Scott Sandler at DigiRanger1994 said, I have had no in-person convention experience whatsoever. I live them through Twitter and YouTube. Hope to change that. Joe Edwards at Joe's Gonna Tweet You said, The second Morphicon in general was amazing to me. Getting to chat and hang with the actors and fans was a dream come true. But the best thing from that con was chatting with Selwyn Ward for like 10 minutes at his table. He was so down to earth. Billy Sewell at Go Cats 2 said, LuxCon this year. Being near Catherine Sutherland. Uchi! <coughs> Uchi at Anime Redneck 96 said, LexCon 2014, best part was Azim Razit crashing the party. And then in a later tweet, he said, one of the best parts was meeting Allison McGinnis. That is going to be my best part at Power Morphicon? At un Robo underscore Knight, not at Gose <laughs> underscore Knight. <laughs> said... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> said, meeting Allison McGinnis. Found out my colored autograph from her meant that she saved my letter I wrote her back during Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. So I guess if she signs it with a color, that means she remembers your letter? Or I think there's a story. Yeah. We'll have to find out. At Leland Davidson said... Sadly, never been to one, yet Kansas doesn't scream them. But I will try to meet King Arthur ASJ if I'm able. That's true. I don't think Kansas gets many conventions yeah, at all. I, don't, I can't think of any off Just, the top of my head. At Larzing said, Going to have to go with meeting David Yost and Walter Jones at AwesomeCon 2014, by default, seeing as it was my first time. Well, first and only so far. Kyle at Deadpool underscore Ranger said, does cosplay count? Because I saw a guy dressed as Battle Japan. I was the only one who knew who he was dressed as. That's pretty cool. I like seeing obscure for the normals cosplay. Uh, Joey ZDX said, meeting Bulk and Skull, Paul and Jason at Lexington on the Couch of Doom. Funny guys as always. Yeah, they were at C2E2. They absolutely were, and I got to meet them again, and Jason actually remembered me. I was like three deep in line, and he pointed at me and goes, You! I remember you! And I go, Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Our friends at Ranger Crew said, Too many to share from past Paramorphicons. You have new memories from each PMC with cast, crew, and fellow fans. Jacob Brody, our friend, Database Ranger on YouTube, he said, I have so many good memories. The first Paramorphicon stands out due to seeing everyone for the first time, destroying the trivia contest, which directly led to me taking over in the following years, and sweeping the cosplay competition with three awards from my Time Force Megazord Mode Blue and Mode Red. Austin St. John was a judge and actually told me, wow, Jake, you really impressed me. When you hear that from the original Red Ranger, it's guaranteed to make the highlight reel of your life. That's awesome. That is really cool. Jelly. I want to see the... for jam. (laughs) But not... And Zach makes another bad pun. In the jar. I actually want to see this Time Force Megazord cosplay. Yeah. I want pictures of that. I want to see this, too. uh, Jacob, if you've got pictures of that, man, share it with us on Twitter, because that sounds awesome. Next to last, Hassan Ahmed at Hassan Ahmed 120 said, Meeting David Yost and Walter Jones at AwesomeCon was my only PR con experience, but both super nice guys. And then finally, Razzles Dazzles at Razzle1337 said, Legend War footage at PMC, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, I saw the, you know, the YouTube leak of that, and yeah, hearing the crowd go nuts is always awesome. Yeah, that was, I don't want to say it gave chills, but it kind of did, because you don't expect it. Like, you don't realize how big the crowd is behind the camera. That was like, pretty oh, powerful. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> scared me. Hopefully we get a Dino Charge trailer. Oh, God, that would be awesome. And then... So. Then JDF walks on stage. <laughs> and then does the dance. And the crowd. From well, okay, if he did the dance, <laughs> I could be swayed. However, if he just, I'm back, yeah! No, just no. No, go away. Me and Eric have a plan, but that's a different story. <laughs> Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. Have questions? Email us at rangercommandph at gmail.com. Chris, God. Stop highlighting the document. <laughs> I was wondering what he's doing. He's just like ding, 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 and giving me an epileptic seizure. Um, or 
I didn't notice. I didn't know that. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, why is my cursor red and down here? And then it was like, you know, Eric Berry. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> You've never noticed that these, like, show where everybody who's viewing the document is viewing it at before? You know why? Because he never uses show notes on his own show. <laughs> nope. The last time we did it was a mess, so we're not. We're going away from it now. Oh, God. Or check us out on rangercommand.com. Whatever it's <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. In a world of Tokusatsu and Power Rangers podcast, two contenders have risen to the challenge to bring fans the best in news, discussion, and laughs. <laughs> but what happens when these two forces come together? Hey, Chris. Hi, Eric. I just got done watching Silver Lion Part 2, and I can't believe we're going 80 more weeks without any new Power Rangers Super Mega Force. What am I going to watch? I don't know. That's super mega disappointing. Tokusher is just not catching my interest. It seems like it's just going really slow right now. All those filler episodes, it really stinks. Supposedly Gaim is going to end soon. What's with that? That really sucks. I really like that show. What am I going to watch all summer long? You know, maybe we should do a team-up. You mean, join forces? Or will things completely fall apart? I totally feel like Eric has to replace me. He hosted my place once, and now Chris spent all his time doing episodes on Eric's show. Talking Toku is falling apart, and it's all Chris and Eric's fault. Why can nobody see that? I can see it. Secret Ranger fan? AKA AP from the Ranger Command Power Hour? What are you doing here? And why are we recording this? You and I should talk. I think I know how to resolve this Eric and Chris situation once and for all. Oh man, Toku is amazing. The level of storytelling, superb action, always well done. Too bad Power Rangers ruins Sentai quality. Come on, Jordan. Blanket statements like that just aren't true. How are you going to sit there and tell me the actors that are Power joke. Rangers yeah, takes away toys are lower from than anything that Sentai quality. has? Why would you even pay for if that anything... Crap? Power Rangers Power enhances Rangers it. I mean, you got to think about why bag. this is happening. You want like, an anniversary Rangers done right? Then try a Sentai, and 25th, they improve upon 30th, it. Really, they do. 35th, they make they know it how more to get it cohesive, done. and they Not make it easier to understand. Stop! I don't have the time to argue with a Sentai snob. Fine. I'd rather not discuss a serious topic like this with someone who watches a show clearly targeting your IQ level. This isn't over. This may join Ranger Command Power Hour. And talking Toku at the Nation for Talkin' Ranger Toku Command at the Nation Summer Crossover Special. The Talkin' Ranger Toku Command at the Nation Summer Crossover Special is brought to you by none of these companies. Bandai, Saban, McDonald's. This has been another great presentation of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch more shows at foureyedradio.com.